0: I started a nationally trending uh, hashtag this week, so, you know, I got that going for me. Uh,
1: Winging Gabriel, known uh, for showing uh, his insane athletic ability multiple times uh, on the court uh, yep. and off.
2: You know, it's always how is Buddy and not what is Buddy drinking. You think, oh my gosh, I caught a break,
3: they're, they're leaving the floor. Now you're a meme on Twitter because Reed Shepard just dumped on you. What is up, Big Blue Nation? Matsack BBN here, joined by all three of my Twitter best friends. We have Big Blue Bud, we have 270 Bradley Smith, and we have Wildcat's Tongue, and we are up to no good. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year's, BBN. Great to be back talking with you. Uh, first time in a minute that we've had the full up to no good cast here. Uh, last time we recorded, buddy, I believe you were traveling for the holidays, um did you get to go visit some family you have a good time you have a
2: good um, i don't know past a week how long has it been um it's been a while but yeah i had a great uh holiday season i guess christmas and and new year and i was gonna say that too it's been a long time since we had how many episodes has it been since everybody's been on here at least two
3: Two, Uh, maybe two or
2: three yeah i think three at least
3: so that's exciting but yeah, I was, a, uh, I was talking with um, TJ Walker uh, a yeah. little bit ago, and he told me he's he's very upset when someone doesn't make the podcast uh, because he likes to hear everyone's opinions. <laughs> um, and he's a very big, big Blue Bud fan. I don't know if you have picked that up, but he's quite fond of Buddy. So he was especially upset to hear that there was no Buddy on the last podcast.
2: I'm, I'm a big TJ Walker guy myself. So um, it makes sense. I'm glad that we have this uh, simpatico
1: type of relationship. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, shout out, shout out, Kentucky roll call, Bradley. How are you doing? How was your holidays?
1: I'm doing good. I've got some uh, Japanese takeout, so I'm I'm feeling pretty good right now. Uh, I don't know if we were gonna bring it up, but uh, one of my favorite presents that I got, I got an Oscar Shebue, Fort Wayne Mad Ants jersey, and that that's the only thing I've asked for for Christmas in like the last six years. I don't know if y'all have that thing too where it's just like you don't want anything, but that's the first thing that I've asked for in like six years. So it was was pretty cool to get that.
3: That's actually really cool. I love that the most two recent jerseys that you have acquired is Oscar (laughs) Shibley, Oscar Shibley G-League gear and Grant Darbyshire. You have a G-League uniform and a Kentucky walk-on uniform.
1: I I almost bought a Latrell Spreewell jersey, but – so that that would have been more recent, but I have not at this moment.
3: Bradley, I have a question for you. Yeah. Um. Are Are you uh dependent on to cook during the holidays?
1: Uh, to some extent, yeah.
3: All right. What was uh, we've be-
1: we've been doing a lot of catering stuff. Mm-hmm.
3: So if you did cook, I want to know what was the best
1: thing you cooked and what was the best thing you ate over the holidays. Um. Best thing I made. Uh, it was probably mac and cheese. Damn right. Uh, I've I've been on mac and cheese duty. Uh, so that that was something that was good. I uh, and the best thing that I ate. Um, I don't know. Might might have to circle back on that one, but I had a lot of good food.
3: Well, I'm glad to hear that your mom is no longer on mac and cheese duty. Wt? Uh, <laughs> how are you doing? How was your holidays?
0: Um, Holidays, a lot of driving, uh, but uh, had fun, got to see all all the families. Um, Will say, today has been interesting. Had a good day up until about two hours ago, realized that, so we had some uh, people over for New Year's Eve last night, realized probably at about 5.30 p.m. today that our uh, gas stove burner has been on since last night um and has been not been lit so it's been filling the house with gas uh so uh i am now i so i, I recorded my garage but i've been in my garage for about 2 hours now it's freezing cold but it's way safer than uh being inside the house right now so we're letting that air out so that was an interesting time of my life figuring that out uh but luckily, nothing's blown up and no one's going to the hospital yet.
2: Hey, I don't know if you know this, but you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to leave it on that long.
0: You know, when we discovered it was on, and like, we knew it was bad, but we, we like, st- stood right next to it and, like, Googled, okay, how bad is this? And every <laughs> website says, leave your house immediately. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, please. get out of there, let it air out, so... Uh, we but the thing is we were in the house like all morning, all afternoon. So uh we'll see if I start talking weird. Uh, blame it's it on. It's good the thing outside. you didn't
2: light a candle or anything, because <laughs> I mean, goodness.
0: That's the thing. We figured it out by lighting. We figured it out by lighting the stove next to it, like lighting the gas stove, yeah. and it igni- that one ignited, and then the one that had been turned on also ignited. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just really wow. lucky that we had the. We had the fans going in that room, yeah, so yeah. it had been like clearing
1: out some of the gas. So that could have been really <laughs> like that, like that scene in Christmas Vacation where he lights a cigar and throws the match down into the drain and just poof. You that's, that? I, that's WT's house. And just like
2: that. That video of that house. <laughs> that, that video that came out like a month ago on Twitter of that house just like blowing up on the street. You remember that? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> WT sound.
1: why am I la why are we laughing about that? That's horrible. <laughs>
3: <laughs> We're laughing about it because WT is himself gonna post it as rub to No Good Out of Context tomorrow morning. <laughs> well, a once video of a, once a week, of WT bustling.
2: like once a week, WT like you know, just near misses, you know, like, like he's, he's almost died before an episode. Like, I don't know, five or six times now. It's more times than you want it to be. Definitely.
3: Who is like just escaping death more often. Is it big Z with like American cuisine or WT? (laughs) Just by living my life.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i no!
0: big z's had a rough go at it
2: big z's got the Ugonic plague like four times since he's been to the u.s i,
1: <laughs> I thought you said the uganda plague i was like what <laughs> oh, dude, no. what did ugo what I do I to him <laughs> No, no."
3: it's always ugo is so unsuspecting i could i could <laughs> see him starting a plague within the team or maybe not while we're on the topic of big z before we have to get into uh fun basketball talk and less fun football talk um really quick do y'all think we he ever comes back to campus I personally I think no and I'm not trying to do this to like start drama like oh he's he's never coming back he's never gonna play it's not like how some people were with like Aaron Bradshaw earlier in the season it's like do we genuinely believe ncaa will ever do what is right and fair um and allow him to play and he's going to do that and come back to campus do you actually think that happens it's crazy i forgot who tweeted it but someone tweeted out that um the guy that was on kansas state who got like a felony or a misdemeanor something like that um got arrested he got cleared by the ncaa sooner than big z did he he transferred mid-season because of Says he got like suspended from his team and has started playing for Memphis uh, quicker. So Big Z apparently in the eyes of uh, NCAA, worse than like a felon. Maybe. Uh-huh. I don't know if he's a felon. I should be careful.
0: Yeah, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> Just throw the word allegedly around and you'll be fine.
3: We had to do uh, that with uh, no. Bryn Miller a lot last <laughs> 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 I
0: don't know what you're referring to, uh, really. Allegedly, um, but no, I, the NCAA. Well, uh, according to their tweet, they're supposed to be back in the office tomorrow or the third. I forget when they said they'd be back. But Saturday is the Florida game. If Z's not back by the Florida game, I'm calling it. It's it's over. Uh, if you listen to sources say, shout out friends of the program, uh, Jack Pilgrim is not too optimistic about where big Z lands. Um, the, the only good news out of it is that we now have two seven footers that are like in the full, like they are getting the play time that they need. They are doing the things they need to do. Aaron Bradshaw probably needs to play a little bit better, but we don't really have a burning need for a third seven footer at this point. It's not about like Kentucky. It's about, big Z like what's fair to him like he's the one being screwed over here not really us
2: anymore I mean you know we're getting screwed over a little bit too you know that's a nice depth piece to have the third 7 footer but i mean it's just it's just ridiculous and and unfair that the nca is what it is i i'm just i don't know i really don't know how to like articulate how Maddening and just disappointing it is that they're just so incompetent at so many things. They never get it right. They really never ever get it right.
1: Yeah, um, like WT mentioned, sources say knows more about this than we do. You know, none of us are insiders. None of us have sources or anything like that. This is all just purely speculation. But you know, if it was up to Z, I think he would have been playing all along you know, it would have never never been an issue. And I want to preface it in that way um, because it's not up to him. It's up to the NCAA. And like Buddy said, they almost consistently make the wrong decision about things. Uh, so, unfortunately, I don't think we end up seeing Big Z in a Kentucky uniform. But again, not because of him. And I, I just know Twitter is going to be horrible for like a week after that news comes out. But it's not his fault. And it's not Cal's fault. And it's not, I was going to say, it's not the university's fault. Maybe they drag drug their feet a little bit too much in the admissions process. But ultimately, it's the NCAA's fault. If you have a grievance with anybody in this situation, it's with the NCAA eligibility uh, office,
2: I mean, Cal was super excited whenever Zvon- yeah. you saw the videos that came out whenever he got here and you know, that Cal was just like dropping videos on his Twitter account of it, pronouncing his name weird and all this stuff. He was so excited when he got here because uh, he'd been fighting that battle forever. And then Zvonimir, I mean, I, Brad, I think you can, you know, like, you know, we don't have sources, whatever, but you've. And other people have talked to Zvonimir in some capacity. Right. I mean, like he's pretty accessible as far as Kentucky basketball players go, uh, on social media and otherwise. And like, he's excited. He wants to be here. He wants to play like, you're exactly right. It's just, it's not on them. It's not on Kentucky. It's just NCAA being stupid, um, being incompetent and making the wrong decisions and letting people get away with cheating and Murder and whatever else. <clears throat> and Alleged then, murder, for sure. Yeah, yeah, allegedly. Um, I've
1: Jim uh, Beheim still coached several years after the incident. Chris Beard strangled <laughs> someone. <laughs> what what, what allegedly. incident? Allegedly, really? allegedly, allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Nate Oates covered up a murder, allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly.
3: I'm i uh, I've been consistent on my stance with Z. Um, before I thought he was gonna. Like, before I thought this whole mess was ever going to happen when I thought he was going to be here, um, I didn't think he was going to play that much. I didn't think he was going to be one of the better players on our team. Um, so it's not like that I'm missing him. It's like, oh, my gosh, we're just one piece short. We just need another, like, seven-footer. It's like we, we got to the point where, like, we have Aaron and Ugo and we're complaining enough about the seven-footers as a fan base, um, especially when they play together and the amount of bigs that we have, even though that has countlessly been disproven as just a terrible narrative um but anyways i he just deserves it as a kid like he came to play college basketball he left his family left his home country um left professional opportunities because he thought college basketball and kentucky basketball was the best chance to live out his dream um lots of people go to college to live out their professional dreams and careers and he has not been given a fair opportunity to do so by the ncaa and that just really sucks and Again, I don't think he'll play that much. I just want to see him get cleared, check in a few times, just get some run, be able to practice with the team without whatever issues, and he he just deserves it. I feel bad for the kid more than I feel bad for, like, the fan base or the team or anything like that. He just deserves to be a player on this team that gets to play.
1: If Bobby Petrino is still allowed to be on college campuses around impressionable young women, there's no reason – why Big Z shouldn't be cleared by now. What do you mean? Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh no. Oh, my goodness. Um
2: what <laughs> else do I want to talk about?
3: <laughs> w, WT sent a uh, another notable person that might uh not be able to Coach and NCAA allegations. So i allegations. We I'm
0: trying won't tell the florn. story, but the, oh, the word allegedly would be very important in telling
3: that story. <laughs> Anyways, football.
2: Well, <laughs> hold on. I, I'm trying to find the location of the um, NCAA eligibility office. Um, uh, I think it's in Indianapolis, right? It is in Indianapolis, it yes. Is. I'm wondering if we can buy a billboard really close to the office that says hashtag free big Z you think we could get a GoFundMe going to,
0: uh, Ooh, billboards not that expensive you would uh, do i think.
2: know i mean kelly just Kraft. a couple months anyways right one or two
1: kelly craft if All you right. want to throw some money our way
2: so you guys we know
1: kelly craft listens for another program throw throw a little money our way well, we'll i'll make it we'll have
2: the go on twitter i bet we can raise enough for a, a hashtag free big z billboard <laughs> outside of the um, outside of the eligibility center.
3: BBN BBN needs to pony up to get this billboard or else we just cannot expect any reasonable <laughs> You want better result. players, you
2: need to pony up. Yeah. We, we, <laughs> we just cannot expect
3: any reasonable result for this basketball team if we just can't get Big Z cleared, cleared via a, a billboard. Um, yeah, speaking of that, football, I don't want to go too much into this, but we probably should talk about it. Um, it looked like what could have been a really good game. Um, we almost beat a ranked... Clemson team that is like five years removed from a national championship could have continued our dominance over the ACC, push some narratives. Um, Barry on Brown had a really good game, a little, little slip up on a fumble there, but he's just looking fantastic. Dion Walker as well. Um, yeah, it, it I'm just going to go back to my one NIL take. I love all the people that are doing what they can using their platforms to help raise money for the team, uh, to help better the team. But I think this year and last year, We have had the personnel within our team to win back-to-back 10-win seasons. And the year before, we had a 10-win season. So in the three years of NIL, we easily could have had 10-win seasons. The reason that we lost at South Carolina was not due to talent or personnel or can we buy the correct players. That team sucked, and we lost to them. I don't care that it was on the road and that stupid DJ or whatever was playing there. Um, The reason we lost to Clemson was coaching failure. And we had like the highest NIL earner on our team in Devin Leary, who we brought over in the transfer portal and easily the highest NIL earner on the team just made mistake after mistake after mistake when it mattered the most. And just, you, you could go to the bend, not break defense. Like that is why we lost. We did not lose because of personnel. And yeah, that is, that is my final take of this football season. Excited for Brock to get in here. I hope Stoops goes back to the drawing board. Um, yeah, I, I'm glad that we're the fans are doing their part to contribute to NIL, but, but we need to look internally if we want to be serious about competing.
2: Okay, I've got one – hold on. I've got good news, by the way, about this billboard. Really good news, actually. I think I found the perfect one. But uh, the other thing I was going to say is um, I was told that the uh, coaches in the Clemson game, they did not turn the ball over four times and are therefore uh, blameless. So, uh, I mean, it, it's somewhat true. I think it's somewhat true.
3: It. I'm not. I'm not blaming it on any one thing. Like there's, there's yeah, you never but... really can point to a loss and just say, well, only this happened. They also doinked in a field goal. You know, like we could go to the field goal. Like if they don't doink in a fifty yarder, um, that we could be winning that game. But the last thing that we saw was coaching malpractice. It was the same thing. One style of defense has worked the entire game um, and we just completely go away from it and go into prevent defense. Yeah.
2: Okay. Can I tell you now that there is a billboard, I mean, right. There is an intersection where you have to turn left to get to the NCAA eligibility office. There is a billboard right there. I mean, I mean, it's on the right and you turn left to go there or, or is it, it, Currently, is that one right next to that, like McDonald's abandoned old white
0: building that I'm looking at?
2: Abandoned old. Uh, I can send you the exact GPS coordinates if that helps. Is it for purchase? <laughs> I like, think can we're to buy it. Or at least uh, rent. I don't know. It doesn't have a number on here. That's like a, like, you know, call to, um, call to put your, let me see here. There is a number on it though. There's some way you can look these things up. Um, I know, I just don't well, know. Anyways, I'll investigate this more. Keep going.
1: Buddy, while you do that, I have a take about football. Uh, and feel free to disagree with it. But if you disagree, you're just objectively wrong. Uh we're in year what, eleven, twelve of stoops. And the way that Sack started this conversation was we almost beat a ranked team. What other school in the SEC would let a coach stick around for 12 years and be happy with we almost beat a ranked team?
3: Not a very high one either. I think they're like 22. Yeah,
1: they were like 22, 23. We almost beat a ranked team. Congrats. Yeah. It's
2: not
1: an
0: exciting time. Two seven and five, or I guess, uh, yeah. Two seven and five seasons back to back that turned into seven and six seasons um, are not good for the fan base. Um, I think going in, so I, I, I always try to stray away from making basketball to football comparisons, but I'm going to right now. Going into this season for Kentucky basketball, many fans, including myself, kind of. obviously not to Cal, but pretty much said like this is a put up or shut up season for Cal Perry. We had three straight disappointing seasons. One season had a really good regular season, just obviously a disappointing ending to the season. So kind of two and a half really bad seasons in a row. Um, It looked like things were kind of falling apart. And then he lands the number one recruiting class and has a roster stacked with talent. He had no excuses going into this season on not performing. So far, and obviously we're not going to know the answer to this until March, but so far he is responding to that call. This is He is putting up, not shutting up. I would say that next season is a put-up or shut-up season for Mark Stoops. Not just because we've had two straight seasons of pretty mediocre football where we haven't beaten anybody of substance, but because next year we have no excuses. Yeah, we have a slightly tougher schedule, but we're in the SEC, since when do we care about that? Uh, but we have the quarterback we wanted. We have possibly on paper our most talented defense as long as we land a couple cornerbacks. Um, we have experienced skill positions on offense. We have offensive linemen coming back, and we should, we should have been recruiting that pretty well recently. Um, across the board, there's not a ton of excuses for not playing well this upcoming season. Now, football is a lot different than basketball, and you only have 12 games to show it. Basketball, you can lose to UNC Wilmington and still say you're having a pretty good season. Football, you can't afford to do that. So it's going to take a consistent effort next season in those 12 games for Stoops to kind of show like, hey, I'm still here. I'm, I'm what's best for Kentucky.
1: While I'm thinking of it, correct me again if I'm wrong. But I don't think Stoops has won a postseason game after he got on Twitter and talked about four straight postseason wins. I think I he's don't 0-2. think, yeah, he's owing 2 since then. And that's my thing. You can't go and, and talk all this about being Youngstown tough and then not back it up. You just can't do it. And that's what Stoops consistently does. And, yeah, you know, whatever.
3: Yeah, Unfortunately, we had to start this podcast with um, hearing about our boring holidays and what we did, and then about a player that's likely not to play for Kentucky, despite being totally deserving of it, and then about a football team that choked away a very winnable bowl game. Uh, let's get into some fun. Kentucky basketball, we uh, beat Illinois State 96-70, to 70. Uh, very obvious to see what a lot of Kentucky fans got for Christmas. Um, a lot of Kentucky versus Illinois State tickets. I think we had a sold-out arena for that one, as well as a lot of Reed Shepherd jerseys, a lot of a lot of 1-5 jerseys in that crowd. Um, and then there's Bradley just with a Grant Derbyshire jersey as one well. 1-3. Three. 1-3, three, baby. Um, but Kentucky looked great. And the standout performer, former Illinois State Redbird, um, I wouldn't even call him the standout performer, but the leading scorer was Antonio Reeves. Another great game. Followed up, was a 30-point uh, outing against the Loserville uh, Fardinals or Pouisville Um He comes back <laughs> 10 of 15 shooting, 4 of 8 from 3, 27 points for the Cats, leads them in scoring again. And the reason I said he was our leading scorer, not necessarily our top performer, I feel like every single game, Reeves just goes out there and casually drops 20, And I might remember like three or four of the shots going in and then I just look at the box score and it's like, oh, Reeves had 25 tonight. But the narrative is, wow, look at this insane play Rob Dillingham had. Oh, What what a great game from DJ Wagner. Reed Shepard is like stuffing the stat sheet like we haven't seen since Anthony Davis. And then it's just like the fourth most notable performer is like, oh yeah, Antonio Reeves had like 25 and he's averaging 20 on the season. Um, He's going to probably be like, the all-time (laughs) three-point shooter uh, under Cal, and it's honestly absurd. Uh, So I I hope he follows it up. He has some narratives to prove. He's been very inconsistent, I guess is the best way to put it, in big games. You know, we've seen him dominate the terrible teams like Louisville and Illinois State. Very excited to see how he does at Florida. I hope this hot streak continues. And I, I said it a couple episodes ago, I think he could be SEC Player of the Year. Time to show up next Saturday or this upcoming Saturday.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's something that's definitely possible. I think you could have a serious discussion about probably four of our players being SEC Player of the Year. You could have a serious discussion about Antonio, about Reed, about Trey, uh maybe A B depending on how SEC play goes. And I think maybe you could throw DJ in there as well. So we might have five. You didn't even mention, yeah, I didn't didn't even mention Dillingham. Yeah, I didn't even mention <laughs> Rob. So we've got we've got five, six players that you could legitimately talk about has as being contenders for SEC player of the year. This is nuts. It is one of
0: those things that like when we're talking about the awards, like I don't think the awards are that important really, but we do kind of judge players in retrospect based on those awards. I don't think a Kentucky player is going to win it at the end of the season yeah. because voters are just going to say like, all right, it should go to a Kentucky player. Uh, and they just pick one out of the hat out of the four that could potentially earn it. And then the vote gets split. And then some like random guy from Texas A&M wins it. So I think that, like, it, it, as far as the awards go, it's not helping Kentucky. But what I, one stat I've been looking up recently is um, how the variety of uh, leading scores across Calipari teams. Uh, it is spread out more than you think. Most Calipari teams have six or seven guys that at one point led the team in scoring. Uh, but that's over the course of an entire year. Uh, right now, let me pull this up we've had six players uh, lead the team in scoring in at least one game, and we've played, what, 12 games? Do you want to guess who has the most? Antonio. Antonio, how many games do you think Antonio has led us in scoring out of 12? Four. Four. Uh So a third. Our, Our leading scorer has only led the team in scoring in a third of games. Usually the leading scorers lead for like almost half of games so uh rob has led in three reed has led in three wagner's led in two mitchell in one bradshaw in one so our any day anyone can beat you and that that's going to be really scary in march
1: and that's not even mission justin edwards
0: yeah, Justin Edwards hasn't let us in scoring yet the, 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 the guy
1: the, the guy yeah. that's seen as one of the highest potential players on the team hasn't let us in scoring yet
3: yeah it's you wild. go back to that you go back to that Illinois State game we have a starter and a guy that I called one of like the two or three best players on our team and Aaron Bradshaw pretty much like put up 15 minutes of cardio um he and So again, he's a starter, one of the most talented players on the team, in my opinion. Plays 15 minutes, shoots one of four, has two points, one rebound, doesn't really do anything else. And Kentucky can have a top five recruit, have a line like that, and still put up 96 points because Antonio Reeves has 27. DJ Wagner has 14. Off the bench, Rob has 16. Reed has 11. Justin Edwards has nine. Mitchell, eight. I mean, you can... So many guys are scoring, and that's what makes Kentucky so good. You can have one or two off nights we've seen against Kansas. Unfortunately, you can't have six of them. Um, But last year, it's like Reeves has a bad shooting night. It's over. Now we could have Aaron Bradshaw, two points, one rebound, and it's like, oh, we just killed this team. Granted, it's Illinois State, so time to see it against some big games. But even like North Carolina, like I feel like we had a couple – like Reeves – did not He had zero points in the first half against North Carolina, and we still pulled that one out. So we've shown that we could have key contributors uh, just not have their best shooting night or just not be playing their best. And Kentucky still has enough dudes to go and win.
0: And we're, it's not just that we're scoring and that all, everybody's scoring. It's that we're doing so, so efficiently. It is beautiful basketball. Against Illinois State, only one player shot worse than 50% from the field. And that was Aaron Bradshaw. He shot one for four. Everyone else was at least 50% from the field, which is insane. That doesn't happen. Like that is not normal. And we shouldn't treat it as normal. Uh, I I would have to go back and look at previous games, but like, I, I would say that that's maybe not the first time that's happened this season because our guys don't just score. Like uh, previous scoring teams uh, for Kentucky, they relied a lot on offensive rebounding and just like going really fast. We have a pretty good tempo, but not like blazing speed. We just hit shots. We don't miss. It is such a fun style of basketball that we've been talking about ever since July. It, it is. It, 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 all those people that worried about Calipari going back to like two bigs and uh, like dawdling around and like trying to feed the post, like stop worrying about it. he, John Welsh and has them under control.
3: (laughs) And other than Justin Edwards, who we saw take uh, another step forward, but only shot one of four from three, everyone shot at least 33% from three as well. Like Mitchell was one of three. DJ was two of three. Reeves was four of eight. It looks like Dillingham was one of two and Shepard was two of five. So everyone made over a third of their threes except for one player. And everyone made over 50% of their field goals except for one player. That's honestly absurd. I'm glad you brought that up, WT, because I didn't even see that. That is crazy. Um, R- Reed Shepard, his stats are crazy. I think WT, you also had a tweet about it. Uh, just pulled it up. Reed Shepard is averaging 12 and a half points a game, four and a half rebounds, four and a half assists, three steals, a block, shooting 57% from the field, 56 from three, and 90% from the free throw line. Th- like, this is insane numbers. He has not had a game where he has had less than two steals yet. He's had at least <laughs> two steals every single game. Like, think about it. Like, that's just not, that's, that's like, when you consider that most of his steals just like come from gambling and playing passing lanes, it's like a very random stat for him to have it. The fact that he's consistently doing multiple a like, game and he's had games where he's had four or five of them. It's absurd.
0: He, and he leads us in steals, and I think he might be – I'm looking it up right now. I think he's, like, the lowest or, like, second lowest in personal fouls a game. Yeah, he's second lowest on the team in personal fouls per game. And he has, like, the most steals. He, he might break the single-season record for Kentucky for steals. Uh, that is just – it. it, it it's, it's hard to create words. Like, he went four for eight from the field, two for five from three, and statistically that's a bad game for him. Because his field goal percentage and his three point percentage went down. <laughs> that that is uh who what kind of person would have said that Reed Shepard couldn't perform at this level? Surely not any of us before the season. I,
3: I, I do have to say though, um so my dad I did not want to get a Reed Shepard jersey because I'm like, he's playing too well. The last thing I want is to, like, sack jinx him. But I really wanted a Reed Shepard or Robert Dillingham jersey. I don't think they came out with the Dillingham ones yet. But for Christmas, my dad did get me a Reed Shepard jersey. I did not wear it the first game. I just kind of wanted a little feeler out there. So first game post-Christmas, he had 11 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 block, 2 steals. Are we in the clear? Like, do you think I can wear this jersey?
1: Don't you dare put that on your body until May. Don't (laughs) do us like
2: that, man. We're having a good season. You do
0: not wear that until it's a vintage jersey. That is an investment for the future. You are not to use that now.
3: What if if we just pretended it was a Jeff Shepard jersey for a little bit?
0: No. 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 100% no.
3: I can't (laughs) jinx Jeff Shepard.
1: Yes, you can.
3: Yes, you can.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah no you're you are they won't that, show that them on tv anymore you put it in a shadow box put it in something like you display it make it all nice do not wear that jersey
1: <laughs> if you make it a jeff shepherd jersey they won't show them on tv anymore and it'll be all your fault sack
3: will it still show stacy
1: of course <laughs> <laughs> of course they will that's the new Willie Colley Stein was a wide receiver in high school. Oh, by the way, I had my biggest tweet ever from one of those. The Knicks tweeted out Jacob and Obi Toppin like, hugging at the end of the game. And I said wait, they're brothers. Why didn't anybody ever say anything about that while Jacob was at UK? I got 880 likes on that. (laughs) That's my biggest tweet of all time. You've just been dropping bangers
2: left and right though. And
1: everybody in the comments was like, actually, they did say it. Really? (laughs) You're not kidding. You don't don't say... But yeah, buddy, I, I had 880 on that one. Then I had 839 on a quote tweet of Dan Orlovsky. And it he had some kind of a, a cracker and he said, greatest cracker of all time. And I quote <laughs> tweeted it with a picture of Reed and I got 830, 840 likes. Red. So I got, I got 1700 likes between two tweets. I
2: had seen that I know sting. what Buddy
1: feels like.
2: Yeah, yes, it's true, true. It's it's fun. I, no, I'd seen that same tweet, The uh, I, you know, with somebody else or whatever, the greatest cracker of all time thing. And so I had that quote tweeted, I had a picture of Reed, I had the whole thing sitting, yeah. waiting for him to have a moment in the game that night. But that was my mistake, uh, was waiting for it, because you took it and, and banged instead. But, but I'm glad you did. It, you know I think you deserve it. I think it, that it's it's high time, you know what I mean? It's
1: time the little guy won one for once. Yeah. No,
2: you deserve it. You deserve
1: it. I'm glad. I'm for it. the people. Buddy's for big Twitter. I'm for the people.
3: I'm glad hey, I'm we have a new uh, Reed Shepard white joke, though, because the exciting whites um,
1: okay. has been a
3: little bit <laughs> overplayed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but Blake. Blake can tweet the most average thing and it gets like thirty thousand likes. He had a like a thirty thousand like tweet. That it was, was okay. actually a
2: great tweet. I thought it I was. Thought it
1: was yeah, it was. He deserved it. The way it that Blake was, but just it's like says why can't things. I just
2: read Shepherd? Why can't I get you, one? He, it still gets you infinite likes. Like I just <laughs> tweeted that Reed Shepherd's like the best in state kid ever, and. There were like forty people that told me to shut up. What about Rondo? And then everybody else liked the tweet, and so it's had over a thousand just
1: saying that. I'm, I mean, he's a, he's do a, you think we can start having that discussion?
2: Oh, dude, I, I really wasn't kidding. Oh, yeah, um, I wasn't kidding. I everybody mean, was, well, what about Rex? What about Rondo? Yeah. What okay. about <laughs> okay. I didn't.
3: Rex. I did not. Uh, I yeah, did not Rex look too far into the graphic to even understand like what it was or like who it was. Just counting or who is it exclusive to or what the stat even was but the first three names on this said ranking was anthony davis zion williamson and reed Shepard. anyone anyone see that Yeah. i have no idea what the <laughs> yeah. stat was but i was just scrolling it's, it's plus or...
2: minus dude it's, it's basically plus minus on the season essentially is what it yeah. is and anything uh, i mean you know essentially you want to explain it wt
0: uh So I'm going to read the uh, sports reference definition of it. It, There's a ton of math. That's why I said basically. That's
2: why I'm giving it some basically. But it's simple. Oh, are you? you It is.
0: Yeah, it is a box score estimate of the points per 100 possessions a player contributed above a league average player translated to an average team. So the design of this stat is essentially to take box score stats and do a ton of math. So it's, it's purely based on statistics, nothing else. Um, And it wants to compare everyone on a even playing field. So it's not going to like put a bunch of players on really good teams together just because they play for good teams. They're trying to compare everyone as if they are against average teams on an average team compared to an average player. And if you do that math, Reed Shepard is the third best player since Bucks plus minus has been available in college basketball. Anything and over when you,
2: 10 is, like, fantastic. And it's if like you just, SM. like, are confused,
3: if you're confused by the stat, like me, and you're just like, well, this is just a random number, like, how, like, how even accurate is it? Again, like, the rest of the rankings is, like, number one, Zion Williamson. Number two, Anthony Davis. Number three, Reed Shepard. Number four, Michael Beasley. Number five, Kevin Love. Number six, Chet Holmgren. Number 7 Carl Karl-Anthony Towns. Like, this is a very good indicator that you are a very, very good player. Not one player that I named wasn't, like, like, Zion, Anthony Davis, Michael Beasley. There's, like, all-time college basketball freshmen.
0: So th- it's definitely a stat where, like, as you get a higher sample size, it tends to even out. Now, we've said that that's what's going to happen to Reed Shepard since game one, and that still hasn't happened. He's still playing absolutely insane. But to kind of illustrate that, do you know who is second on the team in box plus minus? Is
1: it Rob? Kareem Watkins? It is
0: Brennan, Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Just because because for the few minutes he's in, he's gotten a few rebounds, scored a couple points. Uh, So he... Mathematically, uh, has a pretty good box plus minus, but if you were to play it, have a higher sample size, that would be lower. But Reed's played a lot more, and he, he's doing pretty darn well.
3: Who's the next highest rotation player, WT?
0: Uh, so this is again, small sample size, but who got on you. And so the next highest, like, player that's been playing all season is Rob, and then you have Antonio, Trey, Adu, Aaron. Justin and then DJ.
3: Okay. Interesting. Interesting.
2: Sorry to say,
0: but Kareem Watkins is actually lowest on the team. He has a minus 10.3 box wow. plus minus. That's
2: really
1: bad, Impressively actually. low. I'm I'm looking at this graphic right now. <laughs> it's Zion Williamson, Anthony Davis, and Reed Shepard. It's <laughs> that's that's just, just crazy. And he's he's above Michael Beasley one of the greatest <laughs> freshman seasons of all time. Reed is so high up on this list that you can't even see LeBron on it. Um,
0: Reed Shepard factually a better college basketball player than LeBron
1: James. <laughs> I was hoping somebody would get it. Yeah. And I didn't I, just we, look like a moron. We got it. He's like he's like 10 spots ahead of Lonzo Ball.
3: I do um love that this stat, but I'm currently beefing with analytics at the moment. So
1: but after the analytics. last time we
3: recorded, our team was ranked, I think, eighth in the AP poll, which I really don't care about an AP poll ranking Um, in the last week of December. I don't really care about an AP poll ranking ever. I'm definitely not going to get upset about it. I most certainly do not care about where Tennessee is ranked. But there were people that are just like, well, look where Kentucky's ranked in Ken Palm or Bartovic. This is something that I found today on Ken Palm and Bartovic. Alabama, uh, after, through the month of December, rose from a number 13 ranking in Ken Palm to number five. So they're now top five. In, Tor- in Torvik, they went from number 12 to number three. So again, still in the top five. Do you know what Alabama did in the month in December to warrant these top five rankings in these two like super analytical rankings? They went three and three. That's what Alabama did to warrant a top five Ken Palm ranking and a top three Bartorvik ranking. That is what they did. And someone like commented under and showed why Alabama was so high. They said, well, they, even though they went three and three, they did better. I'll see the exact. Um, here's what we said. Alabama outperformed expectations in five of the six games. So even though they're losing, they're outperforming expectations and moving up these rankings. That's how stupid these rankings are. I really, like when people are talking about AP poll or Ken Palm or Bartovic, I think they're great tools, like t- a great indicators of like how a team is and certain aspects. But you just have to go back to the eye test and results. Kentucky just won a very, very tough game against North Carolina. They smoked a Miami team. In Miami, it's not like they're like world beaters. I know they had a bad loss after we beat them. They're still a very good basketball team. Like They'll still probably be top three or four in the ACC, if not higher. And we beat them by 20. We killed them. We were beating them by 30 until we put all of our walk-ons in and started letting Rob Dillingham pull up from 50. And we almost beat Kansas. We were beating them for 80% of the game. In a game where their center went for 30 points, and we had zero centers on our roster, we were putting up a arrow against a seven foot two guy, and we almost beat Kansas. Look how good Reed Shepard is. Look how good Rob Dillingham is. I am a huge analytics guy. I am a nerd. I majored in math, computer science. I had a minor in statistics. My career, my profession is data analytics. I am an analytics nerd. But you need to stop looking at these stupid rankings because you see what they do to Alabama. And you see what they do to Kentucky. Kentucky's a hell of a squad. Rank us wherever you want to. Make it just like the old school days. Underrank us. Give us a four seed, five seed. I don't care. Do you know who's going to suffer from that? Not us. It's going to be the one seed that's going to have to play us two rounds earlier than they should have. And they're going to lose, and they're going to go home, and they're going to be sad, and I'm going to be happy.
0: If you talk to Ken Pomeroy, uh, he – I don't want to put words in his mouth. I don't know the exact number he says, but – what I think he has said in the past is that he does not believe in his own algorithm until about 20 to 21 games into the season. Uh, Because in order for his ranking system to exist before then, he has to plug in uh, some like preseason data. And when you're Kentucky and you're a team full of freshmen that doesn't have any data for any of the players, he has to kind of genuinely kind of make up stuff about them. So that's why we're, we're right now number 18, that is still incorporating data from preseason that was genuinely made up by a human. So once we get to that 21-22 game mark, all that stuff mathematically should filter out. That'll be a much more honest look at analytically where we are. But in college basketball, what also matters more is who scores more points at the end of the game. And right now, Kentucky's doing a pretty darn good job of that against some really good teams. SEC plays starts, I think we'll really get a, a look at how good we are against Florida this Saturday because they're a
2: sneaky good team. They're
3: they're, a, they're a very good team that I'm worried about. We'll get more into that later. What were we saying, buddy?
2: I think they're favored over us, Florida, but you said later. so
3: Oh, no. If you were going to talk about that, we could talk about it now. I just didn't want to cut you off.
1: Are they yeah. actually? Yeah, I think so. That's ridiculous. I'm looking
2: right now. I think ESPN had them at like 61%
1: or more. Ken
0: Palm has Kentucky favored
2: 52%. ESPN, but
0: it's a very whatever close
3: game. the ESPN matchup predictor says, Florida 61.8% chance of winning. Whatever, take yeah. that for grain of salt in terms of like stupid algorithms that have zero indication on anything. Yeah, it's not very um, good. No, it's not very good at all. Yeah, Florida, all. They, had, they gave Louisville like an 18% chance to beat us or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of the analytics, ESPN BPI is probably one of the worst. If I'm being completely honest, um, I mean, if you look at Florida's resume, they their good wins are Pittsburgh and Michigan, both at neutral sites, which is pretty decent. Pittsburgh's a top 50 team. Michigan's not a good team at all. Um, they have lost their three other good games. That is Virginia at a neutral site, Baylor at a neutral site, and Wake Forest on the road um so they haven't so they've won two decent games they haven't played they played one team that's as good as us and that's baylor or at least in the same like tier as us and that's baylor uh and they uh lost by four 95 91 they're a pretty good offensive team pretty mid defensive team uh they'll have the home court advantage i think it's going to be a really good game uh just got got to hit our shots it's going to be our first real road game
2: of the season WT, who's your top five in the SEC? Top five teams? Yeah. We asked this before mm. a while ago. It's been some time now.
0: I mean, I'm gonna put Kentucky at number one. I haven't seen any team do something that is worth my time to put them above Kentucky. Uh number two, I will I'll still put Tennessee. Like defense keeps you in games, especially in conference when things kind of slow down a little bit. Um, I hate to say it, but Auburn is probably number three. Auburn's been pretty impressive, and Bruce Pearl is Bruce Pearl. Um, I think Kentucky beats them, but I think Auburn is number three. Number four, I'm go- I, I would probably put Florida. Um, uh, they're putting together a pretty decent season. Now, I think that they might be slightly fraudulent, and we'll definitely be able to tell that pretty early uh, in the uh, conference season. The number five, I'm tempted to put Texas A&M, but I think that they are so fraudulent. I'll put Mississippi State just because they have a big inside presence, which is tough to match up against. So that that's my top five.
3: I um Yeah, I'm very nervous for this Florida game. Like you said, it's our first true road game. Like going 70 miles west and playing in a stadium that was like 70% blue and having go big blue chance while we routed them by 20 points. Um, That I'm not going to count as a true road performance. But Florida is going to be rowdy. Like, that, that's a rivalry game. Their fans are going to be up for that. That's a much longer travel. Um, And they have guards. Like, they have a lot of athletic guards. And I'll take our guards over them but they do have some guards and a lot of them are very athletic and can keep up with us. I think Walter Clayton is having a very good season. Riley Kugel I think is one of the more underrated players in the SEC. I think he's kind of had a slower start uh but we've seen even last year that he belongs um he belongs at the top of the SEC. So they they have a very like a roster can keep up with us. I think they also got Bradley, they got some, like, seven-footer from the portal. Do you know how he's doing this year?
1: Uh, Micah Hanlicton.
3: Yeah, from, like, Marshall or Um, something.
1: Yeah, from Marshall. I haven't had a chance to look at his his stats. I think he's been decent, you know, not game-changing or anything like that, but I I believe he's been decent. I know he's Uh, seven-foot
3: one. Yeah, he's seven-foot one. He's somebody that I
1: really wanted from the portal. Yeah, he's averaging seven and
3: um, seven in 18 minutes per game. Um, he's also shooting 80% from three. So I'm going to guess that that is four of five and not on very high volume, but definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, let me write. Yes, he has four of five from three on this season. Yeah. Um, for a very one nice thing
0: about, for sure. one thing you mentioned about Florida is that they have guards that can keep up. Uh, Kentucky's been playing at a pretty decent pace so far this season. They're 25th in the country in pace. Florida is 15th, so they p- play faster than Kentucky. So it's going to be a high-paced, high-scoring game that Kentucky, Kentucky's just going to have to go out there and score 90 to have a great chance of winning. I think we can still win play played in the 70s and 80s, but we're going to have to score 90 for me to feel comfortable.
3: Yeah, they're very similar to us in, like, the style of play, like they put up 106 on Michigan. I think that game went into single or double overtime. So a little weighted there. Um, But after that, they put up 96 on Grambling and 97 on Quinnipiac. I have no idea how to pronounce that. Um, So three straight games of scoring 96 points or more in one of those games, I think I saw they had like 27 assists, which was like the most by a Florida team in like a couple decades um so again they have guards they're gonna play fast they're gonna try to score a lot they're going to move the ball a lot they're gonna get multiple guys involved so it's a very fun game i do like our team more but again first game in a true road atmosphere i'm a little bit worried about it. i'm not gonna lie i'm a little bit worried about it
0: now i am a 100 box score and ken Pom merchant uh when you go on to ken Pom's team page for someone it tells you like individual player rankings and certain stats and team rankings. And I just look for the big or the small numbers <laughs> to see like what are they good at, what are they bad at. Um the smallest number, the thing that they are best at compared to the rest of the country. Anyone want to take a wild guess? Rethrow? That was uh no, they are number five in the nation in offensive rebound percentage. Uh, they oof. rebound 41 41- 41% of their misses, they rebound. Um, so they have three guys that contribute to that pretty heavily, uh, but they kind of rebound pretty decently as a team. Uh, when we play our small lineups, and even when we have Aaron Bradshaw Nugo in, they've got to man up and get some rebounds. Um, we need to do Thierro healthy. He was not in for uh, Kentucky against Illinois State. He is a huge rebounding presence. Uh, we've got to be on the boards. Uh
2: Justin Edwards rebounds well.
0: Oh 100%. Yeah, we need to get him uh, make sure that he knows that that's his role.
3: Yeah. So well,
0: we know Cal Perry listens to this podcast. So yeah. Cal, what, now that you're listening, like let us help you with the game plan. Make sure you rebound on defense.
2: So do you remember last year um when we went to Florida, wasn't there like something weird that happened with like fans on the court? Board. y'all remember y'all know what i'm talking about
3: well when we played him at no, home close. last year that was the whole doug situation where he doubled yeah, so him at home there
2: was the maniac and then there was the you know yeah the blue coat was flipping him off and got, got got uh what exactly happened to him did he did he get you know is he a blue coat again or did they never let He's him back?
3: suspended for the rest of last year and all of this year but i think starting
2: next season he could be a blue coat again that's tough. Okay. Well, I, you know, I hope he's, I hope he's able to get back in, but uh, no, so that happened that happened at home. And then there was like a crew of like 15 people that came to rep that were like taking pictures out in the, uh, concourse. I, you know what I'm talking about? Those guys, but then there was something else that happened. Oh, at
3: Alberta, oh. there was like, that, got like hit. Cason got hit. Remember? Like he went into the sideline oh, and like one of the yes. players, like yes, one of yes, the fans, yeah. courtside fans, like pushed him or hit him or something. Oh yeah. yeah.
2: Yes. That's what I'm talking about yeah that's what it was that's what it was so it's a rough environment like (laughs) that's my only point is like it it gets chippy in there like they i mean you know they came to rup and they were getting mad getting kicked out getting you know whatever else acting crazy and being annoying you know that one annoying guy (laughs) sack your best bud (laughs) you know exactly what i'm talking about yes yes yeah and um yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty contentious um the uh the Kentucky and Florida rivalry, you kind of forget until we play each other. And then there's like people attacking our players and being weird at rub and like all this other crazy yeah.
3: stuff. I, I remember when they like tried to deny it. It was like, oh, he just got tangled up. But he literally clotheslines case in and then immediately goes to high five. is like three friends that are all sitting next to him. <laughs> yes. yeah. Like when I make I'm sending you all the video. Right when I accidentally <laughs> trip people or hit someone, I'm usually like, oh, sorry. You're like, ooh let's get out of the way. Not, hey, look what I did. High five, guys.
1: Then you had their guy a couple years ago who was, like, diving at Ty tie's knees. Oh, my God.
3: That that ruined our season. Like, I remember I was sitting in the E zone for that game, and he got taken out, and I lost my shit. I lost my cool. I very, like, very, very seldom lose my cool. I lost my cool. And some of the people around me were like, Matt, calm down. And I'm like, I swear to God, like, if Ty tie, like, who's already been hurt, does not come back 100%. This season is fucked. And what do you know? Tight didn't come back at 100%. We had no guard play and the season was fucked. I that, still go back to that play. I never lose my cool. I I was so pissed off.
2: That was also, I think it was the same game when, when Lance was like ready to throw hands with some random.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Random I was about to say.
3: Or he was ready to throw That's hands just any other play. game for
2: Lance though. Well,
1: I guess. <laughs> True, But it seemed like Florida and Tennessee but always brought Lance out
2: was clapping. Lance was clapping and uh, yeah, it was pretty good.
1: Was, I'd never wanted him to choke slam somebody more than I did that guy from Florida. <laughs> That's what I'd
2: say, man. You forget how you forget how chippy it is between Kentucky and Florida. That's my whole point. And all this is like, it's going to get, it's going to get hot in there. It's going to be a, a serious environment. So we'll get into
3: listeners question. First, really quick uh, sack question. So month of January, um we go at Florida play Mizzou at home then go at Texas A&M again a couple road games to start off January um against the better programs of the SEC then we play Mississippi State at home on a Wednesday kind of a trap game feel I know it's at home but Tolu Smith is coming back Mississippi State's got a pretty solid roster then Georgia at South Carolina at Arkansas and then Florida back at home um one two three four five six seven eight games in January um, I think there were like four or five in December, so that's a nice change of pace that so we have almost double the amount of games um, in this upcoming month. What do you all think our record is over that eight games? Again, we have some easier home games, but at Florida, at AM, at South Carolina, at Arkansas, um, and then Florida, Mizzou, Mississippi State, and Georgia at home. What do, what do you think we are through January?
1: 8 no. That's a blunt of thing the, you you no, got to back that no. up, Bradley. None of those teams can hang with us. None of those teams can hang with us. The closest one is A M. and like WT said, they're fraudulent. None of those teams can hang with us.
0: I've I, I'm going eight and zero as well, and I really hope not to be <laughs> immediately proven wrong on Saturday. But yeah, I I really just don't. I, I mean, I can see a team beating us. Obviously, we can. Not necessarily lose to anybody, but, like, it's the SEC. It, it, people are going to show up to play Kentucky. But our team is clicking. We are playing a style of basketball that is difficult to defend because we're playing that random basketball It's hard to scout for. Anyone can get hot at any moment. Um, Antonio Reeves is becoming one of the best scorers, not just in the SEC, but in college basketball um reed Shepard is not slowing down we it, it wasn't just like a three game stint where he was a really good player it turns out he's just a really good player um i could see justin edwards figuring some stuff out kind of growing into that chris livingston role like zach was saying um i i really see us winning all eight of those games and then that first game of february is at home against tennessee uh which is a huge 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 matchup uh, I I think that we're really setting up for like college game day in Rupp Arena on February third.
3: Yeah, think about it. if we go eight and zero through January, um, and then we have a top ten matchup with Tennessee. Assuming they don't absolutely implode in SEC play, we win that. Now we've won the nine SEC or on SEC play. I think we've retroactively won five or six games in a row since UNC. Wilmington, however tell many it is. Now we're like uh, putting five. up yes yeah, so or four. So now we're putting we we're have a 13 game winning streak we're easily top 3 in the country. I see the vision. Here's the thing. I just think one of those road games like at Florida, at Arkansas, I don't think they can hang with us, but it it's it's road games and conference play it happens it happens every yep. year. It happens for a reason. Yep. Um I do think it's safe to say maybe we lose at least one or two. I think the one I'm worried about most is at Florida for all the reasons I said. I don't think at Arkansas I mean, I that's probably a more difficult environment we saw it last year firsthand. I just don't think they're that good. Um and I think is will be really interesting because they play a completely different style than us, but I think we win that one. I think if we beat Florida on the road to start off the new year, we go 8 and 0 and then beat Tennessee and we're 9 and 0 in SEC play. Um uh, that's my take. What do who do you that... got? What do what do you think
2: we do? It's um Sorry, I don't remember what the the question was. Record through January. Record through January. Record through January. Oh, sorry. Let me pull up the. Uh, let me pull up the. It's <laughs> it's eight total
0: games. Three road games.
3: Four. Yeah. Four but road I games. See who it is. Four I road see games. The road games is. are Florida, and M. Okay, uh, I'm looking at it. I'm looking South at it. South Carolina, Arkansas.
2: Okay, I see a win, a win, a win, a win, a win, a win. Not just playing. Um. I think we drop one. No, I did you if you just said that if we beat Florida then we go undefeated through January.
3: I think Florida is uh, the one Florida. I'm worried about the most.
2: Yes, I don't see
3: anybody else. I think
2: Arkansas at home is dangerous. They just took out Duke at home. The environment is just next level, but I don't think Duke's all that. I think we're a whole lot better. Um and kind of scares me because it's A&M. You just never know with buzz. Um, I think Missouri sucks this year. I think we're going to put 20 on their head. Um, yeah, I feel like we could split with Florida. Uh, either, you know, one of those situations where, like, we win – there and then they went here you know what i mean kind of like we did with uh, georgia last year was it no it wasn't georgia who was it last year that we did that to? somebody uh, oh vandy vanderbilt. vanderbilt yeah that was tough <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh but yeah no i i can see it um i can see it going in. i i just i hope that we're above you know that unc wilmington happened and that sucks but i'm i really hope that we're above Losing to another like South Carolina, like we yeah. did last year, I just, I really, you want to think that you know we're good enough that we're just not going to drop a game like that. You know, at this point, especially getting later into the into the season um, and kind of knowing that that can happen, you just really hope, you know, we don't do any of that. And I don't think that we're going to drop another absolute like boneheaded loss like that. I think that we're we're mostly immune. So, but definitely conference red, definitely. You know hard teams go ahead
0: I think what you said about Texas am I I I know we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves because we have Florida next but I don't the I think we blow them out more likely I think it's more likely we blow them out than we lose them because the one thing they do well is offensive rebound just like Florida but they are like the bottom 20 slowest teams in college basketball we are one of the fastest and we have guards that are really good at playing at their own pace and not letting anyone else dictate that. And they're also one of the worst three point shooting teams in college basketball. They shoot 27% from three as a team. We shoot like 43% from three as a team. Uh, Like I I am not, they also give like their opponents shoot 35% from three as a team. So like they're one of the worst three point defenses. I am not concerned at all about Texas A and M because I think our style of play is their kryptonite. Um, as long as we off, as long as we prevent them from getting on the offensive blast, which I think we could do. Um, I am much more concerned about this Florida game. I'm more concerned about Mississippi State at home. I'm more concerned about. I'm, I'm honestly even more concerned about like going to South Carolina than I am about going to Texas A and i
2: I I'm I think that. My thing with this team is we've not seen them play in SEC conditions. And what I mean by SEC conditions uh, is basically just really physical, gritty, tough games. I know that last year's team, we had Oscar um, and we had, you know, Lance to some degree, Lance played quite a bit of minutes last year, but we had, you know, we had guys who played well in the SEC, uh, you know, generally, I I don't know about this Team yet. I don't know about like Tennessee. What they do is they play really tough, really physical. I mean, really like actually grabbing you by the back of the jersey and throwing you into the hardwood type, you know, basketball. And it kind of levels the playing field a little bit for Tennessee where they can be just about anybody if they like basically punch you in the face. And, you know, I mean, you know, we saw all the clips last year and there's other teams in the SEC that do that big teams, tough teams. I'm interested to see how we respond to that and uh and kind of what comes out of it. And so A&M can play like that, Florida can play like that, Tennessee can play like that. There's a few others. Um I'm I'm curious. I, we've not seen it yet. But
3: getting into listeners questions, Eli Cox says SEC play record prediction. Uh Eli, we gave you the first 9. Um so that'll be enough for tonight, I hope. You aren't too upset with us. Big Blue Cardi says, if you could add one former Kentucky player to this team, who would it be? Um, Big Blue Cardi, I love you, but we have answered this question on the podcast 15 times. And the answer every single time is Anthony Davis. So next question. James Um, Young. Who? James Young. I'm still probably taking Anthony Davis. Microwave, friend of the program. He says, what are some New New Year's resolutions you'd like to see from the athletics program? Maybe like Barnhart hiring me. Um, personally, I don't know you, so I cannot uh, vouch for Barnhart hiring you. What are, what are some uh, New Year's resolutions you guys would like to see? I would like to see aggressiveness and playmakers on defense, with, like we saw for the first 90% of the bowl game, before we stopped doing that again and went to bend and don't break defense. That's my goal. Like If we just get beat on defense because we get beat, it happens. We play very talented teams. I just want to see... Um, our defense be aggressive because I hate our style of defense.
1: I'll vouch for microwave. Go ahead. Hire him, Mitch.
2: Yeah. I vote. My vote <laughs> is for Mitch to let Cal build the practice facility. That's my, that's oh. my new year's goal.
0: My new year's resolution for athletics is maybe not to hire new people, but to improve the social media presence. Um, uh, I say this as, someone who is a big fan of Kentucky men's basketball admin. They have been slacking in the, in the fan interaction department. Uh, w- last season when we were really kicking and we were like sending back and forth with not just us, but like a ton of fans were like interacting with uh, Kentucky men's basketball Twitter account. That was really awesome. Really fun. Uh, I want to see some fun stuff like that on online. I think that was
3: really cool.
2: They Kentucky. Me, Ken- I don't know what you're talking about. Kentucky
3: spider asked, what is buddy drinking?
2: That's a fantastic question. Just a water tonight. Just a water. However, Bradley, remember that time that you thought I was drinking metal? Yeah. I had some of that again uh earlier today. Metal? So, yeah. Well, no, but what you thought was metal. <laughs> so
1: aluminum. <laughs> nope. Nope.
3: Kentucky versus World says what are the toughest matchups for Kentucky and SEC play? Again, we kind of answered that.
1: None of them. That's by 90 over everybody. They all suck. And we're At- awesome.
3: At KCal4 says, what road game will Rupp to No Good attend? Guys, I got got some rough news. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm looking at my schedule over the next several months. Um, Like, I don't have a free weekend. Like, I'm traveling a lot. I have a lot of personal stuff coming up. I'm going to be in New York. I'm going to be in Vegas. I'm going to be in Orlando. Um, I think there's one other time I'm traveling. So, yeah, I'm going to miss the SEC game. But kind of a kind of a weird thing that maybe i'm a trader for i think i'm going to get into Mackey arena this year there's a weekend that i actually am free that purdue has a home game and i'm very excited to see that so not really a road kentucky game but i am very much so looking forward to it's that a good
2: environment that's a bucket bucket oh. list top of place you gotta go
3: it, it is my top of my bucket list
1: i've already got my tickets for the vandy game oh we have to go mm-hmm.
3: to vandy um Speaking of KRC, which we talked about an hour ago on this podcast, um, TJ said he might try to go down to that game with Nick and uh, Scoots. So maybe maybe a little KRC that'd be rubs awesome. no good
0: collab. That's, a, that'd be That's
2: awesome. a Tuesday.
3: <laughs> exactly. It's perfect. Yeah. So yeah.
2: After
3: work, easy peasy.
0: Yeah. I might try to go to the Vandy game. I'm really trying to save up to uh, go to the Tennessee game, uh, last game of the regular season. Because uh, last time I made a road trip for the last game of the regular season, some pretty crazy stuff happened in Fayetteville, Arkansas. So uh, hopefully I can make that work out. Tennessee needs to start losing
1: some, so those ticket prices start to go down. Though, But Spencer, de- definitely definitely hitting up SEC tournament, though.
3: Keith Spencer Ooh. says, uh, who does UK end up getting in the 24 class? VJ. One thing I think is really interesting about the 24 class, like you remember the previous class, we get all these – top 10 five stars and it's like whoa how are these guys going to coexist where are the veterans who are the role players and we just kind of needed to fill with bodies this year it's kind of like all right um billy richmond he's like your two-way wing boogie flan i think is an all-around really good guard travis perry can be a spark plug shooter off the bench somto big body down low um kind of like who's your who's the star of this team who's going to step up and make buckets i think jq can be a star. He's also going to be the youngest guy in college basketball. So I'm not going to like put our whole team around it. VJ could be that guy to be the star. If we go past him, like Carter Knox, I don't think is going to be that star either. We kind of look at reclass options to me, it's VJ or like Darren Peterson, or maybe even like a Jasper Johnson reclass. Like, I don't know, Bradley, you're our recruiting expert. Who do you think we close out this class with?
1: Okay. So I really like three options almost equally. Uh I I like I like two equally and one kind of as a like 1A one 1B. One VJ Edgecombe would just be the perfect addition to round out this class. I am absolutely in love with the way that he plays. Uh I I think that he's Malik Monk 2.0. He is going to be a special special player and if we can get him and him not go to Duke that would be advantageous in two ways. Uh Darren Peterson reclass would also be extremely nice. If we don't get VJ, uh that would be something that would be very good as well. And he's very much like Jaden Quaintance. He would have to play two years in college uh, because age-wise he would not be eligible uh, for the NBA draft. Uh, so those are pretty much the same. And then the 1B, just because there is a little bit of a skill drop-off I would be a Jasper Johnson reclass. Yeah. Uh, at first I was, I was out on Jasper Johnson, but then I've really started watching him uh, a lot lately. Uh, now with him being at link, <clears throat> at, <clears throat> at link, it's a lot easier to watch his games. Uh, and I've, I've really been impressed uh, by the way that, that he's played. So I uh, really, any of those I'd be fine with. I would prefer VJ or Darren but if we did end up with Jasper Johnson, that would also be okay.
0: I did, couldn't help but notice that you did not mention one uh, brother of former Kentucky men's basketball player Carter Knox. You're right. Fair enough. Cool. That's all we have to say. <laughs> Bradley, uh, I have another question.
3: <laughs> I have another question for you and me. Uh, this is from friend of the program, Cody McClellan. What would Matt Sack, R2NG, and 270 Bradley Smith burner names be?
1: Um, so a couple years ago, I guess it would have been about a year and a half ago. Now I, um, tried to start a burner and get popular with it. Uh, and it lasted, I think three days and I didn't get any followers. So I deactivated it. Uh, but it was, uh, fake Dwayne Washington and I just <laughs> trolled Dwayne Washington. I, I, like I had his post notifications turned on and every time he tweeted something i would tweet the opposite of it <laughs> uh, like one of them this if he was like i just had dinner at chili's i would be like i did not just have dinner at chili's it was stupid that's why i didn't get any followers but <laughs> that uh, that was my burner
3: so i don't i actually have a burner not on twitter but um on ks board on uh ksr plus website i am I forget what it's either not Nick Roush or Nick Roush burner, but if you haven't put that together yet, that is me. If you're the random burner that replies to all of like WT's long, like paragraphs that he always posts. And then he immediately sends in a group chat like, Hey, someone go respond to this. Uh, and it's Nick Roush burner. <laughs> that is me.
0: I've been posted on there in a long time. Cause like all of the stats I've been doing, I've just been posting on Twitter. I got to start making some of that exclusive. Now I'm not getting the money for making it exclusive, but, uh, it is a fun little community on there. Say which one about KSR, but it is a fun little message board.
3: So I feel like if I was on Twitter, I would pick another like Kentucky media personality. I feel like I would be like a Jack Pilgrim, or maybe I would a Big Blue Drew uh, parody account. I think that'd be good.
2: My burner is at Big Blue Bud.
3: That's, that's very good, buddy. I have a. I, I have. See that coming. I,
0: I have have an idea for another burner that I actually have made the account uh, or at least, yeah, I made the account, but I have not posted anything and I probably never will because it's directly disparaging of a certain coach (laughs) for a certain program uh, at the university of Kentucky in a way that's more than just making fun of their coaching ability. So it's like very much not something that I should do, but I did have the idea. And if that coach happens to do something that is worth me, Getting that sucker back out, uh, then I will uh have to do it. So, uh, no, uh, in the chat, uh, buddy made a guess that is incorrect.
3: I have, I have <laughs> one more uh, Matt Sack BBN question, then we we'll are gonna Scores Bridge. this is a long episode. I'm sorry, we haven't talked in like four months. Um, we haven't talked since last year, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. But anyways. Um, I, I think right. of, I always think of going in SEC play. Emmanuel quickly, like he had a breakout game against Louisville. But the first few games, he was coming off the bench and he wasn't even like playing that well. Like he was better than Khalil Whitney. Like the three guard lineup was the best, um, which is why he moved into the starting lineup. But he wasn't like really doing it. And then all of a sudden, he turns into SEC Player of the Year. I think Calipari has only had three of those, and he's one of them. Think about all the talent we've had. I think it's only Anthony Davis, Tyler Ulis and Emmanuel quickly so that's the kind of category he got into after not having an amazing start to the season who do y'all think that could be this year um I'm gonna say or not even like be SEC player of the year who's a guy that you think will just take it to a whole nother level coming conference play I'm saying Rob Dillingham and I think Reed Shepard um will continue to be the stats uh sheet stuffer that he's been doing very balanced play he'll be very good I think Rob's just going to turn into a star like he's going to go from like one of the many good guards on the team to like the guy we're looking to take over games, like come down the stretch. And he'll be having 30 point games left and right. I truly believe like Rob is just going to hit another level come conference play.
2: I think DJ Wagner. I see DJ.
3: Oh, Oscar was sec player of the year. Uh, Bradley sent that in the chat. Um, oh. At the time, I believe Emmanuel quickly was the third sec player. But yeah, now we're talking about Anthony Davis, who is national player of the year. Tyler Uless, greatest point guard in program history, debate a wall, and Oscar Sheboy, another national player of the year. That's the kind of category uh, Manuel Quickly got into. So shout out Manuel Quickly. But, yes, DJ, buddy.
1: Uh, Justin Edwards, do do something. Break oh, out. He'll break out. out. I don't know
2: if he's ever going to break out. You know, it kind of feels like if you're going to break out, that you would have done it. But I feel like he's just slowly – getting better and he's getting consistent he's 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 consistent yes he's he's getting better he's getting better he's he's made his presence felt i think quietly but um you know he's he's had an influence on the last few games go look at his box scores he's just he's getting boards uh he's getting points every game um i don't know what he got last game but i mean he's what's he averaging right now i'll go check on all this
1: like 9.6 or something like
2: that yeah all, basically
1: 10 points a game just, like just look for a Justin Edwards 30 ball against Tennessee. I would love that so much.
3: We are literally Justin Edwards making layups and dunks away from being in the conversation with the rest of some of these freshmen. Like, he's he's not that far from putting it all together.
2: Yeah, I still think that's the thing is that when he, you know, when he, like, just hits the side of the rim and falls or whatever, that it just looks so bad that people forget everything else that he did that game. They're like, why can't he dunk the ball? Which, you know, me included a little bit, but... um yeah, I, I don't think he's – plus he's hit. I, I don't think he missed a dunk the last game. I think he made, like, all three attempts. No, so. he played well. Which is what you should be doing.
0: He just couldn't hit from three, but that really isn't his role. So, yeah,
2: don't um, well, yeah, yeah. yeah not. Yeah,
0: yeah need, need a little bit, but not a ton. Uh, I really want to see Trey Mitchell break out uh, in SEC play. Uh, he's playing very well. I just want him to be a little bit more aggressive. Um, as DJ and as Rob and as Reed continue to be like these major ball handlers who have like getting better and better at like attacking the rim, uh, that kick and pop with Trey is going to be one of the most beautiful plays in basketball. Uh, And if he can hit that consistently, like he has been, um, but more often, I think he would be one of the best players in the SEC. Um, It's just, if you look at the box scores for each game, he's like, four field goal attempts, five field goal attempts, four field goal attempts, like two, three point attempts a game. Like we need him. We don't want him to just like shoot everything up, but I'd love to see a slightly more aggressive Trey Mitchell.
3: All right, let's close this out with score predictions as we do. Buddy, you've been on a heater. Keep it going. Oh, okay.
2: Score predictions. Let's see. Uh, I have been on a heater regardless, WT. I see you shrugging over there. Like you I was off by <clears throat> I was off by one point last game. I was off by like two or three. Whoa. And for the fourth game in a row. Come on. <laughs> Come on. You did have a good score. But I also picked last. I would have actually picked exactly what you had said if I had oh, picked Oh that's was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh I'm just kidding. Let's see here. Give me give me two Let, let uh Bradley go first. I'll probably say ninety to four.
1: You know what? The Cats are going to get it started and get it started hot down in Gainesville. We're going to show the rest of the country that we are the best team in the SEC. There's no debate about it. Tennessee's fraudulent. We're the best. Everybody else sucks. Give me Kentucky 103 to Florida 69. With your MVP being one um, Reed Shepard, and with the leftover funds from the GoFundMe from the bulletin board or not the not the bulletin board the uh, billboard, uh, we need to send Doug down and get him a ticket. Oh, I agree with that.
2: I agree with that. Zach, do you still have his contact information? Yeah. I do. <laughs> I actually do. Okay, nice. <laughs> We get we we ought to bring him on just like next week after the for, Florida for game. For just
1: fifteen dollars a month, you can support sending Doug to Florida.
2: I'll send the billboard information to you guys, by the way. <laughs> I the, the only thing that was stopping me from getting the pricing information on that was the uh I didn't have like a business account. I needed a business email on this website in order to see it. So I don't know. A Gmail doesn't work. I don't know what I'm gonna do about that. But anyways, I'll take the cats. I think it's gonna be a closer game. I wanna say both scores are in the eighties, but I'm gonna say eighty six to seventy nine. And who'd you take for MVP,
1: Brad? I took Reed.
2: You took Reed? That makes sense. I'm going to take DJ. I haven't taken DJ in a while, I don't believe. Um, and so I think he's gonna I think he's gonna shine in SEC play, especially, as I was saying earlier. I think he's gonna I think the dog's gonna come out. you know what i mean so wt or matt wt
3: you got it apparently Um, you were actually the closest last time so you can go third i suppose
0: thank you very much uh (laughs) uh i am gonna go 95 to 92 kentucky i think it's gonna be a high scoring high paced game very entertaining game to start off sec play uh and i don't what y'all are doing i mean like i get reed and dj are good and all but like antonio reeves is averaging 28 and a half points a game in his last two games i'm going with antonio
2: i would say this uh, is a big to game to
0: continue i would say this is a big game yeah i think antonio will perform
2: <laughs> hey, <no. laughs> well w- see, see.
3: <laughs> WT, I'm a very similar to you. I have a high scoring game by a three point margin and wanted to pick Antonio Reeves. I do think he'll continue his hot streak and do it on the road. Um I was debating um going ahead of you, but I figured you were closest, so you deserve it. Kind of regarding that decision right now. I will stick with my prediction um, of Kentucky winning by three, ninety-one to eighty-eight, but I will pick for MVP. Rob Dillingham, I said he's going to he's gonna really come onto the scene here in SEC play. Why not start in the very first game on the road? Rob Dillingham, MVP. Cats win narrowly by three. Like I said, if there's going to be one game Kentucky loses in the next 10, I think this is the one to circle, which is kind of crazy to say. But I think we get it done. I believe in my team. I believe in our boys. Thank you for listening to like a four-hour Rup to No Good episode. Thank you all for your listener questions. Hope everyone had a happy holidays. Go Cats.
1: New Year. Go Cats. Suck it, Louisville.